welcome back to another episode of the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast. My name is Joe. I am a registered dietitian and I'm here to smash the taboo of binge eating. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I hope that you're having a good week so far. Today I am going to be answering another listener question. This individual got in touch with me over Instagram with a very personal and individualized question. And although I don't answer any kind of individualized questions without getting to know you first, without working with you on a one-to-one basis, they did agree for me to cover it in a general capacity on the podcast. And I was really pleased that they allowed me to do that because I think this is going to really benefit you too. So here is the query. I have binged all of my life and yo-yo dieted all of the time. I have engaged with a CBT counsellor, so that's cognitive behavioural therapy, to really try work on my issues and her focus for me is to go low GI, so low glycemic index, and I just feel this is another good versus bad food list. Do you have any thoughts on this? And yes, I have lots of thoughts on it and I can't wait to share them with you. But before I get into that, just want to give my usual disclaimer, please don't take any advice from a podcast. This really is just for educational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your doctor or your nurse because they can give you individualized support that's directly for you. I'll quickly explain what glycemic index is in case you haven't heard it before. So the glycemic index tells us whether a food raises blood sugar levels quickly, moderately or slowly. Every food on this index gets a numerical value. So the foods that are absorbed most slowly are at the bottom of the index and their number is is smaller. And then as you go up the index and the number gets higher, Those are the foods that are absorbed more quickly. So this has been interpreted by diet culture that the foods that are at the bottom of the scale are better for you. They're the good foods and the foods that are at the top of the scale are not good for you and they should be avoided. It was originally created for people living with diabetes to help to optimize blood sugar levels. However, even for that purpose, it has been questioned and criticized for many reasons. All right, so just to structure this podcast episode, I'm going to give three thoughts on this question about low GI for overcoming binge eating. And then at the end, I'm going to give my advice for how you might tackle this if you are in this situation. First up, something that rings many alarm bells in my head right now is a CBT therapist gave this person nutrition advice. Now, just for a little bit of context, I did ask this individual if their CBT therapist has any kind of nutrition background. And I meant at least a three-year bachelor's degree in nutrition or in dietetics. And the person responded that they didn't know, but they assumed that she did. Some nutrition professionals do expand their portfolio by upskilling in cognitive behavioral therapy. It's something that I have dipped dipped my toe into. I haven't done a full course on it, but it's something that I am aware of. So it is possible that this professional is qualified to give nutrition advice. But what is more likely is that this is a professional who has a degree or a qualification in psychotherapy or in counselling skills. 
And all of those occupations are all incredible at what they do. Therapists, counsellors and psychologists are all so skilled and their knowledge of the human brain and why we make the decisions that we do and why we think the way that we think. It's all phenomenal and I have so much respect for people who work in those professions and seeing a counsellor or a therapist or a psychologist can be key to eating disorder recovery. However, I do draw a line when somebody who is trained in those areas gives nutritional advice. Because unfortunately, we can't be an expert at everything. And unless a CBT therapist has done some qualification like a bachelor's degree or a master's degree in nutrition, they are not qualified to give nutrition advice. And I'm making such a big deal about this because although I have no doubt that this CBT counsellor, their heart and their head was in the right place and they were trying to do the best that they could for this individual. But when you give advice in something that you're not qualified to give advice in, you end up doing more harm than good because this individual trusts you. They're already working with you for your capacity and for your skill set. So they already trust you and believe that everything that you say must be evidence-based because you are a professional. So I am just reiterating this because if you have ever received dodgy nutritional advice from anybody who's not a nutritionist or a dietitian, then I'm here to validate that and to say that that's not your fault. Your professional should have known better and should have stuck in their lane. My second thought, and maybe I've already made this clear with the first point, but my second thought is that, yes, this was likely bad advice to give to somebody who is struggling with binge eating. And I say likely because there is always that one or two people who say that a low GI diet did help with their binge eating. So if that was the case with you, then that's fine. If it worked for you, I'm happy for you. But for the most part, being told to follow a low GI diet when you're struggling with binge eating is probably bad advice. And why is it bad advice? Well, a few reasons, but first and foremost is, as the individual correctly said in the question, it is another list of good or bad foods, or that's how it's made out to be. If you Google GI index, you'll get a list of foods. The top portion of those foods will be the high GI foods, and they'll be listed in red because they are the bad foods, the foods that you should avoid, the foods that are absorbed very quickly. The middle foods might be yellow or white or some other neutral color. And then the bottom foods will be listed in green because those are the good foods, the morally better foods, the foods that you should eat a ton of because they are slowly absorbed by the body. Here's the thing though, that rhetoric that the bottom foods are the good foods and the top foods are the bad foods, that rhetoric is wrong. It's really, really wrong. Potatoes are at the top of the list. Watermelon is at the top of the list. The vegetable parsnips are at the top of the list. And those are incredibly nutritious foods. Nobody could argue with you on that one. One of the biggest criticisms about the GI index is that it completely disregards the fact that you don't just eat foods by themselves. You don't eat them in isolation. When was the last time you sat down and ate a potato just by itself with nothing else on it or with it? And what happens when you eat foods as part of a meal, as part of a wider variety of foods? 
it slows down the absorption naturally. Eating foods as part of a meal slows down the absorption of all of the foods in that meal. That's just how it works. But yet you never see that reflected in one of the GI indexes. That point aside, even if that wasn't the case, the GI index has presented itself as a list of good and bad foods. And when you are recovering from binge eating, it's really important that you disseminate this idea that good and bad foods exist because they really don't. After all, when is potato a bad food or watermelon a bad food or parsnips a vegetable? When is that a bad food? The GI index is another example of foods been held up as being better for you, more healthy for you, more nutritious for you. And it creates this narrative that those foods are morally better and good people eat good foods, which is a completely ridiculous concept. But unfortunately, this is the message that has been subliminally fed to us. You are already feeling like a bad person right now because you are struggling with binge eating. And I have no doubt that because you're struggling with binge eating, you feel some level of shame and guilt around your eating habits. If you take a look at the GI index, you'll see at the bottom that the foods that are in green, the foods that are quote unquote better for you, the foods that have a low GI value, those are foods like fruit, non-starchy vegetables, whole grain carbohydrates, low-fat dairy, nuts, seeds, and oils. So now you are feeling bad about yourself, you're struggling with your eating habits, you're harboring so much shame and guilt, and now you've been told by a professional that you should eat foods that are in this very healthy, very boring, very diety category. You and I both know that If you were able to only eat these foods and not feel incredibly restricted, deprived and have the dying urgency to binge, if you were able to do that, you would be cured. There would be no binge eating to talk about, right? The problem is not that you don't want to only be able to eat these foods. Maybe on some level you would love if your whole diet consisted of foods on the, the bottom end of the glycemic index. But that's why you've come to see a CBT therapist, because you can't only eat those foods. You have tried and it only has resulted in binge eating. So the person who wrote in this message and said that it felt like it was another list of food rules, that's exactly right. That's exactly what it is. And by following this low glycemic index foods, what you are doing is you are holding that pendulum right over into restriction. Remember previously we spoke about the pendulum that swings between restrict and binge. And when you hold the pendulum over in restriction, which is what, which is what is happening when you only eat foods from the low glycemic index list. When you hold that pendulum over in restriction, at some point it's going to forcefully jump back over to the binge side and stay there for as long as it's been in restriction. If you have ever tried to improve your binging by following a low GI index list and it didn't work for you and it ended up in worsening your binging, I just want you to know that that was not your fault 
and use that analogy of the pendulum to have some compassion for yourself, to tell yourself that was not my fault. It was my natural pendulum. I was restricting so much that it went right over to the other side of binging and it stayed there for just as long. And my third thought on this is I just want to pinpoint again the shortcomings and the limitations of the glycemic index. As I said in the beginning, the glycemic index was created to help people with diabetes optimize their blood sugar levels. And even at that function, it has been criticized widely. For one reason is, as I've mentioned, that it doesn't take into account that you eat these foods as part of a meal. And when you eat a meal, it naturally slows down the absorption of the food. For example, if you take a baked potato and you add grated cheese to it, you automatically reduce the GI of the potato by about 50%. Secondly, depending on where you look, you might get a different value for the same food. So you might look up one reputable source and see that the GI value of carrots is 70 and then look up another reputable source and see that the GI value of carrots is 60. It can be really head-wrecking if you are trying to pin all your hopes on improving your binging by using the low GI index. Remember what I've said in previous episodes about trying to detach from the data. This is a really good example of how we can get so obsessed about the numbers. The numbers aren't the most important thing. The most important thing is how food tastes, if you enjoy it, if it feels good in your body and if it gets you until your next meal or your next snack. That's what is way more important in my books. And that brings me on nicely to my next point. I wanted to end this podcast by giving a word of advice, the same advice that I would give to a client if they had received this bad advice in the past. Instead of focusing on the low GI index, focus on having regular meals. And a meal is a meal if it contains a carbohydrate, a protein, a fat source, and a fruit or a vegetable if it is appropriate. By having a meal, which naturally is a variety of foods, and by having a variety of foods in the meal, the blood sugar control will take care of itself. There is evidence to say that foods at the high end of the scale, so the quote-unquote bad foods, the foods in red, those foods are likely to keep you feeling full and satisfied and satiated for about an hour or so. So they would make a really good snack. And the meals, so the ones that contain a variety of foods, those are likely to keep you full for the longer term. So just to finish up, it is clear that there is a role for high glycemic index foods and low glycemic index foods. It's not that one is better than the other. There is a role for both. And I would be totally fine if you completely disregarded the glycemic index while you are recovering from binge eating. All right, I'm going to leave you there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, why not come and say hi to me on Instagram? I'm at binge.eating.dietitian or you can email me at joe at antidietanswers.com and I will see you in the next episode.